she was a park ranger at the park we were playing at. But anyway, no. this was the good park, not the bad park. Right, right. Yeah, correct. No so, drunk hecklers. No, absolutely <laughs> no. not. They wouldn't no, tolerate different it. different Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 111, the Nelson episode. This week we have returning a couple of my very favorite guests, not just because they are very talented, but also because they are very, very silly. The Presley Girls you may remember are an acoustic Americana folk duo out of Brasstown, North Carolina. They play a mix of original and traditional music, and they come from a very musical family, which they talk about in the podcast. This is the third and final episode with the Presley Girls for now. Hopefully, we'll have them back again sometime. Make sure to visit their website, thepresleygirls.com. That's with two S's. And also check the show notes for links to their music. And also their social media, including especially uh, their YouTube channel. They have a really fantastic YouTube channel. It's got music, but it's also got a lot of, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, like comedy stuff, personality stuff, uh, interesting historical things. Uh, Just really, really cool uh, YouTube channel. So check the link for that or just search the Presley Girls on YouTube. Right now, here are the Presley Girls. Give the dog a bath. No way. Never give the dog. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> Give the dog a bath. Believe it or not, y'all, is the most requested song uh, that we get most, you know, out of our songs. And I love this song, but sometimes I joke. I'm like, I love Give the Dog a Bath, and it's the most requested song, but... Y'all, I have other songs that I wrote that are mm-hmm. that are not silly. But we wrote this song, you know, again, about our late dog. Uh, but how it come about was um, we were cleaning... Well, I should say my mom was cleaning the house. So, like, once a week, the house got clean, the dog got a bath, and we shared a room at the time. We're sitting in our room playing our instruments, and mom comes down to the hall and says, why don't y'all do something new, you know, do some new stuff, uh, you know, quit doing this old stuff. So first we're like, oh, thanks, mom. Thanks, that's, mom. That's real nice, mom. Um, so she's giving... About me, your music? Yeah, yeah. She said, uh, she's yeah. like, quit doing those. You need, you need to do spice it up, do some new stuff. And it's like, well, well, all right, whatever. So she was actually giving the dog a bath. Mm-hmm. And we thought... We'll show her. We're going to write a song about her giving the dog a bath. And so it turned out as yeah, a... Com- show her. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. like a super you snarky, really sarcastic... Put her in place. Yeah, well, it t- it was for a complete joke. And then I don't e- I don't have no memory of the first time we sung it out somewhere. I'm guessing it was somewhere with kids. Kids love it. So, oh, yeah. you know. But adults love it, too. We yeah. figured that out. And we sung it as a joke. And now, like, that's what people know us by. So when people have seen us before, they're like, are you going to do the Give the Dog a Bath song? And we were like, yeah. You know, people love it now, and it's just a goof thing. Yeah, it and it's totally funny. goofy. It's funny, too, because, you know, this dog, it makes it sound like it was so hard to give her a bath, but it was not. She was this little rat terrier, mm. and she would she would totally comply. The only thing that made it hard is she would stiff up and then get on the side of the tub. Yeah, and she hugged the tub. You would have to push her back to be able to wash anything, but other than that... It yeah, was not it was difficult. Just like our she little... never ate the soap. I just tell y'all mm. guys that she never ate the soap. She never, she never barked. She never bit. Um, that was just an exaggeration. She just kind of dead weight. Oh, because you said it in a song. Yeah, I thought you were saying it like everybody. First thing you're gonna assume is this dog ate soap. You know, no, no, it never all happened. Dogs eat soap. Yeah. But one sweet thing that I'll share. Um, I was emailing her. Her dog had recently passed away. Your mom. <laughs> no. I oh. I wasn't emailing my mom. I'm sorry. Um, a, fr- I had a friend named Caroline. Oh, okay. She's a... How was supposed to that? Yeah, sorry. So, her, I'll, I'll, so her... Yeah. So by I'll, her, you mean somebody you have not mentioned all night. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so you're right. I should clarify. That makes no sense. Okay. So I was she emailing... She on those antecedents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was emailing my friend Caroline, and we actually met her at another gig. She was a park ranger at the park we were playing at. But anyway, this was the good park, not the bad park. Right, right. Yeah, correct. No so, drunk hecklers. No, absolutely <laughs> no. not. They wouldn't no, tolerate it. No, different park. Mm-hmm. Um, but her dog had recently passed away, and then when mine did, I emailed her back and was like, oh my gosh, you know... I, my dog just passed away, and this is so sad. And what she emailed back to me was so sweet. She said, well, Corey, just think about it. Ruby will always go on barking and biting and eating soap in the song, like always. And I thought that was the yeah. sweetest thing for her to say. So thing. whenever I think about it, I'm like, that's right. Ruby lives on in the song, yeah. eating soap like always. Yeah, I'm going to cut out all the other stuff you said and just leave that part. Yeah.
so that's that's another one that while my dog was sick, she she had doggy diabetes, which is yeah, it's really sad. And and while she was sick, um, before she actually passed away, I just I was you know I was sad. I'm mourning the loss of my dog, you know. And very short shortly after, probably a week after, I wrote this little tune. She passed away, and it again it was I think it was yeah it was about my dog who I loved, and you get really close to dogs. They become family members, cats, pets, any pets, you know. But I think it was more about just the sense of like sadness and grief, but also gratitude that I was feeling at the same time, and. I was just, you know, I'm out here crying and I'm sad and, and, but I'm so grateful for the time that I've had and, and having gratitude for all the joy she brought to my life and, and my friends and my family and, and all of the music she inspired. And so I think a lot of the times when I play music, it's more about, while I may write the song about something or for someone, it's more about me finding healing and in the music and expressing what I what I feel and feeling good about that and feeling relief like I'm able to to experience that and kind of let it go out into the world and kind of turn loose of all of those icky feelings whatever they may be so so Ruby's Boss is kind of just just another expression of what I was going through at the time and and of course I I loved my little dog and I miss her so but it's it's great that we we do have the tunes we wrote about her while she was still with us and we have the tunes that we can write now and everywhere we go we play these tunes and it's it's like she's still there right and we still we still see her running around and doing the goofy things she did so so yeah I think think that's it
So, Spiderweb Canyon is a song that I wrote, and it's it has such a, a f- interesting story. It's very um, it's very interesting. So, my grandpa. So I've heard. So I've heard, right? So my grandpa that we talked about earlier, he loved to read westerns. That was kind of his thing um, back in the seventies, eighties, around there. Um, there was some men in the community who kind of had a book. What would you say? A little book trading thing going on. And they would read a Western and then pass it on to the next one. They had this little Western circle going of, of reading books and they mm. would share them. And he read, ooh, there's no telling how many Westerns he read. He'd say, honey, I read them all and I'm so old I can't remember none of them. And so I I wanted to do it because he did it. I wanted to be just like him. And so there was a particular Western, a particular novel I read called The Lost Wagon Train. And it was a Zane Grey book. And he loved Zane Grey. He wasn't so much for Louis L'Amour. He did he did like a few Louis L'Amour books, but he loved Zane Grey. And I thought, I'm going to like it too. And if you've ever read some of some of these older Westerns, the, the language and the... The way they're written can be a little hard to understand. It's not, mm. it's not modern text. It's not modern vocabulary. So as you can imagine, a little 10, 12-year-old kiddo trying to read some of this stuff and make sense of it. But I loved it. It was great, and it was something that we could share. So I read this book called The Lost Wagon Train that he recommended. He actually found the book. It was some of the few that he actually had left that were his that he didn't put back in the little book trade. And he was one of the only ones that he could actually remember the plot. Uh-huh. Most of them run together, and he was just old and couldn't remember. But this one, he could remember. And every week, I would go back to him, and I, I would have read maybe 30 or 40 pages, and he'd be like, what's happened now? And I would tell him, he'd be like, oh, just wait. Just wait till what happens. And so in the book, essentially, <laughs> essentially the book is about a main character who has some Native Americans hanging out with them. And he convinces the Native Americans to rob a wagon train. That's why it's called the Lost Wagon Train. And he says, what's in it for you is when we rob the train, we'll split the plunder, right? We'll split the the treasure. And, you know, I guess that was a pretty common thing back then. And that's pretty common material for a Western. And so that's what happens. They they rob the wagon train and they push everyone in the wagons off a cliff. And it's, yeah, it's not so nice. Um, <laughs> but... As the Western goes on, the main character starts feeling guilty for what he's done and well, realizes it wasn't such a great a great idea. And as he sojourns through his life, he says, I'm feeling low. I'm feeling bad. I want to go somewhere and, and make a home, make a place, and live out the rest of my days. And he travels far and wide, and he finds this little canyon kind of hidden. And in a lot of geographically and geologically out out in some of that country out toward utah and arizona it would not be uncommon to find some really closed up thickets between canyons Hmm. um and that's what he finds and he says i'll come in here and i'll seal myself in and i'll stay for the rest of my days and that's what he does in the book and ever ever everybody is happy and ends happily ever after but the name of the canyon is spiderweb canyon and so when I wrote the Every song, until you said that, I forgot what song we were talking. Right, about. right. So, but that's why I have to explain. Spiderweb Canyon right. was was kind of the place that the man was longing was like for. Snow day. What? Yeah. So Spiderweb Canyon is is what the man was longing for. It was kind of his his destination for the end of his journey. And when I wrote the song, I again I was expressing the feelings I felt for the loss and the 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 massive grief that I felt for the loss of my grandpa and. Mm-hmm. 
fortunately, up until that point in my life, I'd never lost one anyone that close, and so it was it was a massive shock, and it it was really rough, and I was having a really hard time going through that grief process. And no one can show you the way; you have to walk through that yourself. So I come up with this song, and it was just kind of a, a little kind of a little sad and pleading melody you know that's that's what I felt like when I wrote it and then I thought what is something that what what do I want to entitle this and tribute to him you know and I thought about something that we shared and it didn't matter if anyone else understood it but it's something we shared together and so I thought that's it you know my grandpa was a very spiritual person and he knew and he wrote songs that talked about this isn't my home you know in this life I don't belong in this life I'm just going home you know that was the lyrics mm. of of a song that he wrote and I thought that's it at the end of the book that was that was where he wanted to go that was his paradise and and my grandpa's paradise was heaven and he knew his time was at that point his time was sooner than later as he got older and had some health problems so I wrote that song it meant a lot for me it meant a lot to my family later on um one of our great musician friends, David Kaner in New England, um, he, I gotta be careful, I'll get emotional here, my little eyes will well with tears, um, he has been a great, a great friend, and a great, um, companion, and a great musician, and he heard this song, and, that I wrote, and he's all the way up in New England, and he said that, wow, you know, I really like this song, it's a, it's a beautiful song, and he, while he lives in Massachusetts, he was the director of the Western Mass Orchestra, and he was also the director of the Vermont Fiddle Orchestra, and he heard this song, and he took it to the orchestra there, and he taught it to him. He wrote music. He's transcribed some music oh. out for it, and he he taught it to him, and they played it. The Vermont Fiddle Orchestra played my oh, song. Yeah. Yeah, at one of their concerts in the Bear Opera Music Hall up there in Montpelier, Vermont, in the capital um, of the state there. And he sent me a recording, and I bawled my little eyes out. Yeah. And it was it was so special to think that a song that meant so much to me and, and something that I, I felt healing in, you know, again, grief and gratitude, but healing in, other people were, were able to find that. And, and he said at that time there were some people in the orchestra going through some hard things and in their personal lives, you know, and they had seemed upset and just kind of down, you know. And he said that the song kind of kind of brought healing for some people. So back in April, we actually went up. It's full, you know, this is full circle. The story just, it, it, it's really full circle. So up in, up, up we went to Massachusetts and Vermont, Connecticut, that area. We were just kind of touring around, hanging out, playing music with our friend David. This was back in the spring in April. And we were fortunate enough, we played with the Western Mass Orchestra, and we also drove up and stayed a couple days with a friend in Montpelier, Vermont, and we played in their spring concert, and they played my song. And so I was the, able to join them on stage and play my song with them. And it was just the most surreal experience that here I am, this little girl in Western North Carolina, writing oh. original music here. Honest to goodness, here I am doing that. And my music was shared, you know, however many miles away in New England. And, and it, awesome. it, yeah, yeah. And, and to be completely honest, you want to talk about full circle. We talk about my grandpa being the start of things. Well, the song was for my grandpa and... It was a lot to be said. It, it was, you know, yeah, I owe it all to him. It was kind of, kind of born right out of that. So, so out of all the music I've wrote, a lot of it again is personal. It's for me to find my way through things. And I, I think when you give something, when you give the gift of music 
the feelings that you you give with are the feelings that are felt when that gift is received mm-hmm. and I think I think that love and emotion come through there and it's it's probably one of my favorite songs because of because of that and and it's probably one of my more serious and emotional songs songs because of that it has such a quite a story and and I'm telling you you don't know what's going to happen down here in these little isolated places down here in Western North Carolina there's a lot happening a lot of music a lot of you would be surprised I mean it happens everywhere but but you'd be surprised mm. that's really sweet I mean, he really is so yeah. much of, so much of the stage and the backdrop for yeah. all of our music and success is him. <laughs> so, more from the Presley Girls in just a few moments. Want to remind you to check out their website, thepresleygirls.com. Also, check the show notes for links to their music and their social media. And like uh, mentioned before, check out their YouTube page. Very entertaining stuff there. Also, follow the podcast at wncoriginalmusic.com. Or search WNCOriginalMusic.com wherever you get your podcast. Also, uh, check the show notes. Again, always check those show notes. You never know what's going to be in the show notes. But check the show notes for the Instagram and Facebook and other social media pages for the podcast. And if you listen on iTunes or Apple, make sure to go to the app or the page and leave a rating for the podcast. If you like it or if you don't like it. Either way. Hi, my name is Mike Blair of Mike Blair and the Stonewalls from Wilmington, North Carolina, and you're listening to WNC Original Music.
Snow Day. That that is such a fun song. Oh, so yeah. that is exactly what it sounds like. I I wrote that song about a snow day. I even think I might have been in school. Oh my goodness, I may have been in college at that time. And it's or who knows, in school probably some sort, some grade level there. And it's exactly what it sounds like. I woke up, I realized I wasn't going to class, and there was snow on the ground. I wanted to go outside. I wanted to play. I was just really lighthearted and happy. So, so I wrote a tune that kind of followed suit in a super hippity hoppity. Hippie hoppity way. Um, a fun thing about it is, is it has an A part, a B part, and a C part. So it's a three part song. So it would be great for a square dance, something like that. And it's a sweet tune because who does not love a snow day? Whether whether you get off from school or work or whatnot, I love the snow. Love, love, love the snow. It was very beautiful. Everything's in white. Everything is just stands out. It's very beautiful. I love the tune, too. Yeah, as my college English teacher, Miss Suzanne Letford, said, and she may hear this and she'll laugh if <laughs> she hears us mention her name, she used to say, Now, Katie, there's only two equalizers in this life, death and snow. Death, because it unites us all. We will all experience it at some time. And snow, because snow makes the ugliest beautiful. Snow makes everything beautiful. So, yeah. I know I can hear him And I can't touch him I can't see his face And nothing to deserve his grace
was a song that I wrote several years ago. I don't, it was either 2013, 2014. It was something that I just kind of wrote in passing. I jotted down in a notebook and then forgot about it for like a good while. And then I found the notebook again and was like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually not too terrible bad. And then I rewrote it um, from there. And it's a spiritual song. I'm a spiritual person. Um, I believe in believe in God. And um, it's a song, you know, that's just kind of saying, hey, he's there. And, and you know, it, it's hard to have faith in anything that you can't see, whether you believe in God, whether you believe um, believe in something else. It's hard to have faith when you can't see. see you don't have actual physical um, well, you know, we do have physical proof in the Bible and, and, and whatnot, but, you know, for me, it's just very spiritual and very important. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I can say. And I think our music, our music definitely is, um, I think we feel both feel very grateful and very blessed, like it is a talent from the Lord, and, and we want to use it. We, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love playing music, yeah. but I want to I wanna use it to help other people. I want to be able to make people laugh and, and make people feel like they're understood and and hope people like it. Yeah, I think I think that song really does speak to the spiritual element of, of how we feel about our music, and, and I... I, I do like to say I'm a spiritual person, and and sometimes I'm not such a fan of saying I have religion because I, I think spiritual saying I'm spiritual just just means however you relate to whatever it is you relate to, and however however your relationship with God unfolds, it's different for everybody. So I think that song really speaks to everyone's own experience with with God, and you know. He is real, even though you can't see him. What does that mean to you? How do you how do you interact with him? How do you feel him on a, a daily basis through prayer, through gratitude, other things? But but it also means too. I mean, I think everybody wants to believe in some kind of higher high, higher power. Yeah, you know, greater us, good. Amen. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. us, that's God. But you know, everybody everybody I think wants to have that to believe we're here for a reason and, and yeah, greater going good. On. So absolutely. So I think it's a great. Great yeah, song. and it's a tribute, you know, just like, man, thanks, Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's in, in praise. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks man. Thanks, Jesus. That's right. Thanks, thanks man. Is that, that's how I say grace. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> right at you, big guy. Oh, yeah. Do you have truck? Do you have any, uh, so you guys from a small town, your yeah. family's religious, um, yeah. spiritual, how you say yeah. I'm guessing the community is more than maybe. Like the metropolitan areas, like uh, the brown bag song, right? But um, but you know, more like, do you have any? Do you ever get any like pushback about that kind of thing? Not um, where we live. Yeah. No, for the most... no, I mean like more like uh, oh, other if you places. play, yeah, if you go up to Vermont or something like that, if you were to play something uh, like that, you know, you know I'm that, not... that den of heathens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it really depends. I mean. I think it wouldn't be as popular there, not not necessarily because because they may not be spiritual as well, but part of where we live, I mean, it's just like so Bible Belt, so yeah. like gospel hymn, yeah. old time kind of thing, you know, and it's a little bit New England music, I mean, you know, it's different than old time and, and um, that kind of stuff, but I do also think it would be different because living in the yeah. Bible Belt, I mean, you do have, I feel like, you know, that's a big old pocket in the U.S. of Christianity. Now, I mean, it's everywhere, it's all over yeah. the world, but... But if somebody comes to see you guys, I mean, they're coming to see old time music. Yeah. So either, either they are they have an appreciation of Christianity or religion or spirituality, or they're accepting. They they're accepting of it like culturally, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like I think of people who like NPR listeners, like yeah. people who listen to 
WNCW. Yeah. Like that's really popular in Asheville. Yeah. But a lot of Asheville are, you know, like uh, agnostics or uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, heathens or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> oh, um, no, no. But no, no. They're, they're, you know, but but they listen to WNC, in WNCW. A lot of, you know, old time religious songs there. They're not saying, oh, I'll turn that off. You no. know, so they have an appreciation of it. Um, and I think we have both. We have both both of those categories that you just said it shows we have some people who are like oh man yeah we believe in jesus too yeah, but praise. then we also have yeah. people who don't but they love it they like our music right. and we don't play strictly gospel we play a mix we play some gospel hymn stuff yeah, some, yeah and know. again i think it does go back to to the, the the love and the the feeling that you put in your music is received and so it may not be so much the words for other people and maybe it's a spiritual song but it's not the words and the connection to um God for them, but just, just the 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 love and the the earnest and honest honest way we come across with it. But I would say we've been very blessed and very lucky, and we haven't we haven't received a lot of a lot of flack or no. or anything about that. And I think it's pretty simple. My pap used to tell me, Katie, what's the worst you can do? You can get on stage and you can play, and if someone don't like it, they'll go away and they don't have to yeah. listen or heckle you. Yeah, or once in a or heckle you once, right? Yeah, but it's, mostly just go yeah. Away. It's the same yeah. thing. I mean, I think people who come to see us who know us know that yeah. that's yeah. part of it. It's, and I, I don't ever want to push anything on anyone. We I just know, play, and, I, not. and you know, I hope people like it. And I think ninety nine percent of the time people do. And if they don't, that's okay yeah. too. They don't have to listen. All right. I really want to thank the Presley girls. Uh, they are just a lot of fun, really sweet young ladies, and I really appreciated them being on the show. Again, don't forget to go and listen to them at uh, thepresleygirlsmusic.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, or go to wncoriginalmusic.com, but you can find it at all your favorite podcast locations. Also, it's available on Pandora, and you can play it on your smart speaker by saying, Alexa, play podcast WNC Original. I whispered Alexa because I didn't want everybody's Alexa to go off. Also, follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Just search WNC Original Music. You can't go wrong. For our closing song this week, very happy to have a track from Piedmont Temperance Movement. They are a four-piece string band from the Charlotte area of North Carolina, my hometown. You can find them at PiedmontsTemperanceMovement.com and also search their Bandcamp page, PiedmontTemperanceMovement.Bandcamp.com. Here is Piedmont Temperance Movement. Have a good week. In a very old room with very old floors Made of white oak cut down before the walls Walls that have heard the dreams and schemes of many men I still see you sitting Second-hand rocking chair Baby loved to sleep By the song again Borrowed tune In a borrowed room On borrowed time Beneath a borrowed moon Rock that weathered Hand-me-down God.
If I could paint a garden. That's a Shira song, isn't it? <laughs> it's a my song. It's a Corey song. 
If I could draw a lawn, something like that. Does that sound familiar? No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of 